Welcome to episode 191 of the Saren Studs podcast. It's just me today, just Kurt, solo Kurt, solamente Kurt, as they would say in a Spanish-speaking country um, to be named later. One of the ones that only rich people know about, like Grenarnia and Stamborgia. This is, of course, the Toilet Train Me, Tickle Me Elmo edition, and we are coming at you live from one of those Spanish-speaking countries. Let's go with Stamborgia. But, uh, yeah, it's just me today. The other two blokes have the day off. Um, we talked about what we could do to try to make an episode materialize um, and couldn't come to any sort of consensus or conclusion on that. So uh, I was like, fuck it, I'll just I'll do our normal departments uh, by myself. And uh, we were going to try to also review the Irishman um just have the review so I would go through and I'd do tray watch I'd do the follow-up I'd do gaming news and then I'd throw to a pre-recorded uh review of the Irishman however um I still have not had yet time to sit down and watch the entirety of the Irishman and um no availability was made to record such a thing so uh, once again, there is no Irishman review. Um, it'll probably at this point it will probably just have to be a throwaway sort of um, like you know quick review sort of deal. I don't think it can be a feature review at this point because we have '90s winter coming up. The next January is spoken for in terms of um, like uh, full featured reviews. Unless we double dip, which has been done in the past, but is usually um, not our preferred way of doing things, to say the very least. Um, but uh, we shall see. We will see what happens with that. I can't make any promises of any kind, really. But uh, I will tell you that I do intend to watch The Irishman at some point in time. Um, hopefully this year. Um, but probably it'll end up bleeding over into 2020. But never mind that shit. Here comes Trey Watch. Um, I can't guarantee how long this episode's going to be. Um, I thought I could do... I'm capable of going an hour plus by myself. I've done it before. Uh, however, um, the gods have conspired against me on this day, and it does not seem like we're going to have a lot to talk about because gaming news is you know it's all right there's some stuff to talk about there but uh Trey watch kind of dropped the ball on me and without going to the depths of coming soon.net um which maybe we'll do just to find something but uh right now the only um trailer up on uh movie clips trailers is a trailer for a movie titled the gentleman it's the second trailer um which doesn't seem right to me because I have no recollection of this movie ever existing previously. But uh, it stars Matthew McConaughey, uh, Charlie Hoonman, Michelle Dockery, Colin Firth is in it, um, an Asian guy. So the this looks it's an action comedy of sorts, and um, it's from the director of Sherlock Holmes and Snatch. I don't know. I don't remember Snatch, but Sherlock Holmes was all right. And it's about um, drug lords. In uh, So here's I'll read the synopsis to you, directed by Guy Ritchie. Um, star-studded, sophisticated action comedy, which follows a very British drug lord who tries to sell off his highly profitable marijuana empire to a dynasty of Oklahoma billionaires. Matthew McConaughey is in there. He, this trailer begins with him telling a proverb about a dragon and a lion. Um, to the Asian gentleman, and uh, it goes from there. It's got uh, it looks decent. It's got sort of a Kingsman vibe to it. If I had to find a comp for it, it feels a little Kingsman-y. Um, 
which, uh, depending upon your view of that movie, is either a good thing or a bad thing. I am neutral towards it. I think it will be fine. Um, I I don't see any cause, major cause for concern or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it seems like it'll be perfectly passable. So evencomingsoon.net is lacking in some trailers here. We do have some news items, I guess we can talk about. Uh, some movie-related news items. Uh, we have John Favreau. John Favreau has confirmed that Mandalorian Season 2 is coming in the fall of 2020. And he uh, teased it on Twitter with a picture of a Grimorian. Not necessarily Grimorian Guard, but just, just a Grimorian. Uh, those are the pig people. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. That's always been my pronunciation of it. But I have heard it pronounced officially very few times. So I could just be making shit up. Um... Ryan Reynolds says he's working on Deadpool 3 for Marvel Studios. That will be interesting to see what a Marvel Studios Deadpool looks like. I, uh, As long as they let the people in charge be in charge, I think it'll be fine. Um, I worry about them trying to Disneyfy it a little bit too much. Um, so we'll see exactly how that turns out. Um, George Lucas told Ian McDermott the Emperor was dead after Return of the Jedi yes um, although to be fair I think I talked about this on the stream last week but to be fair in the expanded universe novels Palpatine came back from the dead like twice there were clones and stuff however they had the decency to have like the Grand Admiral Thrawn sort of arc play out before they brought Palpatine back, it wasn't immediately okay. Palpatine's back; he's pulling the strings the whole time. Like it, it just really made for. I don't know. It just it seemed like it was fan service for the sake of fan service, and not even and the fans didn't even like it. So, <laughs> like, it's a failure in in that. All right, I, I think I talked, I think our 80-minute some-odd review of the last Je or Rise of Skywalker last week was plenty for um, everyone, so I will spare more ranting on the, um, on that film. Uh, Cats, interesting here, Cats is getting a visual effects upgrade after less than a week in release. So Cats has been getting slammed by critics. And uh, we will talk more about that in the follow-up. As a spoiler alert, it is our featured film for the follow-up. Um, we will take a look at some IMDb user reviews as well as its scores on major critiquing platforms such as Metacritic and... Um, fuck. Metacritic Rotten Tomatoes. IMDb, etc., etc. Um, I'm sure many of you have heard how the movie has been received by now. I don't think I'm going to be surprising anyone with what I say here. Um, let's see. Anything else of note? Um, da 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 da. No seems like nothing of great consequence so we'll transition to the follow-up here all right follow-up the domestic box office rundown for weekend 51 of the year Ooh, baby uh that is december 20th through the 22nd last weekend for those of you keeping track at home star wars episode 9 the rise of skywalker ran away with the top spot of the box office opening with 177 million which is lower than a lot of estimates were putting it at. I think it was better than the low end estimate of 175 million, but I think Disney was expecting slash wanted at least 200 million. I think more like 250 million, and it just did not hit that. That is quite a ways away. That's about 80 million short of uh, the high end expectation. So. 
um, yeah, that's clearly, uh, clearly a whiff on their end in terms of projections. Uh, total though, it's made to date, uh, $289 million, uh, domestically and 282 million foreign. So once again, uh, Star Wars is the inverse of Marvel where it makes most of its money domestically and, uh, less overseas but this is is pretty close to a 50 50 split as you can get uh 50.7 percent domestic 40 49.3 percent foreign or international i should say uh for a total worldwide of 572 million dollars so it'll it'll hit a billion it will it will hit a billion but i don't know necessarily that it will um I don't think it'll beat The Force Awakens in terms of money. And uh, it, it's already, like, right there with, well, at least uh, domestically. What did The Last Jedi do worldwide, I wonder? I want to look that up right now. The Last last Jedi is the Jedi. All right. So that made $1.3 billion worldwide. Um, that actually did did not follow the Star Wars trend of making more money domestically. It made uh, only forty six percent of its forty six and a half percent of its uh, money on the domestic side. Um, but uh, I think there's a chance that Rise of Skywalker does not eclipse that. Um, I know it's it'll be in theaters for forever. I know that much. Because um, I don't think Disney has a upcoming film for January. I'm not aware of one. Um, or wait, maybe Onward. I'm not sure when Onward comes out. But that would be like the next siphon for Disney. Um, Jumanji Next Level open, or not open, I'm sorry, in its second week uh, was down 55.3%. Which is less than I would have thought. Um to be perfectly honest with you, I would have thought we'd see a bigger drop for Jumanji because of Star Wars's release. But uh, it does go down one spot, takes another $26 million. It's made uh, $351 million worldwide. I want to see how does that compare to the um, first Jumanji. Maybe it'll be... I'll check the... For, yes, okay. Jumanji versus Jumanji. So... 15 day running total for Jumanji of 100 uh next level uh, 140 million to the 15 day total of uh Welcome to the Jungle which was 202 million so it's about 62 million beyond behind the pace which uh is quite significant um especially seeing as how they upped the production budget I have a feeling that uh the release window for Jumanji this time coming out just before Star Wars was a mistake. I believe Welcome to the Jungle came out slightly after Star Wars, and that movie almost made a billion dollars, $960 million. So uh, I feel as though maybe they uh, they missed out on that. Uh, Frozen 2 moves down another spot, down 31.9%. Damn, that retention be strong. Uh, out of 413 theaters as well, so that that makes that number even more impressive. Uh, it's made 1.16 billion dollars because, of course, it has. Um, which brings us to Cats. Oh yes, Cats. Cats opened with 6.619 million dollars in 330 or 3,380 theaters. Um, Average per theater take under $2,000. So let's take a look at Cats, shall we? So to date, domestically, it has made um, $12 million, or almost $13 million, $12.99. Uh, internationally, it has made $4.1 million for a total worldwide of or $17 million. Now, the production budget of this movie is $95 million. You can see that we're quite a bit away from the number here. So, and if you want to throw in probably another 50 or so million 
for advertising because this movie was quite well advertised. Let's 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 throw that in, in the old calculator. So ninety five million plus fifty million is one hundred forty five million dollars minus <laughs> or I'm sorry. Uh, so 145, clear, um, clear everything. So if we have 145 and, or yeah, Jesus Christ. So we take 17.09, subtract 145. This movie is currently losing $144.99 million with our estimated $50 million advertisement budget, which actually you know feels a little conservative as an estimate because again this was heavily promoted um but uh yes <laughs> cats is not doing too well financially and critically it's doing perhaps even worse so it has an 18 percent on rotten tomatoes i did not stutter 18 percent one eight that is its percentage of positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes out of a not-so-large 241 views, but still, reviews rather, but still pretty, that's a decent chunk. Um, and the verified user ratings total 3,600, and that has a 54% approval rating, which is very low for audiences. Um Critics' consensus is despite its formidable cast. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Ho, 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 ho. No, that's terrible. You should be ashamed of yourself, whoever writes for Rotten Tomatoes. Um, this cat's adaptation is a clawful mistake. Oh, my God. They still they doubled down on the cat puns. Why would you do that? That will leave most viewers begging to be pet out of their meosery. Oh, my. That is that is worse than cats. That critic's consensus is worse than the fucking movie. Um, yeah, this this was doomed from the start from its fucking just weird visual effects. Um, there are, however, on the first page, almost there's four positive reviews. Uh, this movie is outlandish and sexual and confusing, but that does not make it a bad movie. In fact, I'm going to call it a good movie from David Oliver of USA Today. Well, it's far from being perfect or even perf. Oh my god, if I see one more goddamn cat pun, I, I might have to cancel this segment. It certainly doesn't warrant the abuse it's heaped upon it. At the very least, it deserves a chance. That's from Sandra Hall of the Sydney Morning Herald. There's something uniquely fun about seeing the likes of Ian McKellen and Jennifer Hudson fully committing to their down-on-their-paws characters, a spirited sense of shared strangeness. From Mary Elizabeth Wells of Williams of Salon.com, the noted movie critiquing publication of Salon.com. Whether or not you ultimately warm to the out there story about a tribe of cats who hold an annual sing off to decide which one of them ascend to a new life in the heavens, Hooper CGI live action hybrid is oddly bewitching, of, from Vicky Roach of the Daily Telegraph, an Australian publication. Um, those are the four positive reviews that uh, probably make up the totality of the 18% of positive reviews. Um, I'll t just, we'll look at a couple of uh, critical reviews, and then we'll go on to our favorite, which are IMDb, IMDb user reviews. Um, from Ruman Alm of the New Republic, you might still want to know if it's a good movie. But that is the wrong questions. Cats is sugineris, uh, which I believe is a Latin phrase. Um, unique. The sui generis nature of animals. A Latin phrase that means of its own kind. So he's trying to be sophisticated by using Latin. The one time Jake isn't here to correct my Latin pronunciation. What a fucking thing. It's not the filmmaking that's wrong with Cats. It's the fact the film even exists. From Kareem Tuckett of stuff.co.nz. Man, these publications. 
why isn't like our fucking I should make written reviews and they I mean honestly we have as much fucking credibility as some of these uh or outlets here at the Soundstuds podcast. All right, here we go. IMDb user reviews for cat. Oh my god, I just noticed that cats uh has a 30% like this movie on Google users, which is the lowest I've ever seen by a significant margin. Like holy shit, that is that is bad. That's about as bad as it gets. But okay, IMDb user reviews. We lead off with a gem here. Even PETA would euthanize these. Even PETA would euthanize these cats. From D. Martin Hummel, December 21st. I had nightmares last night. From now on, everything that is horrible in the universe will be called cats. All right. Let's pull this up. Oh, geez. This is what people in this is what the people in Bird Box saw by Marie Maria Melcott. Uh, my friends wanted to see this out of pure curiosity. I went with them. Now I have fewer friends. The CGI is a nightmare. The plot is non-existent. And they used Taylor as a promotion tool as she appeared in the movie for like 10 minutes. Oh, no. Did someone not get enough T-Swift? Uh, 1,003 out of 1,081 people found that review helpful. These are like ungodly numbers here. Um, Let's see what else we have. I wish I could score this less than one star. I'm not even like searching for these. These are just all in a row. One out of ten, one out of ten, one out of ten. I wish I could score this less than one star. This movie reminds me of that scene from Jurassic Park where Jeff Goldblum says you were so preoccupied with whether or not you could, you never bothered to ask if you should. This was hands down the most disturbingly awful movie I've ever seen. Whoever greenlit this should never be in charge of the light ever again. How dare they do this to me? Please don't go see this movie. And if you do, may God have mercy on your soul. 827 out of 914 found that helpful. Um... 844 out of 942 found the even Peter would euthanize these cats. Um, combating online piracy. Uh, one out of ten. Hollywood's new way of combating online policy piracy. Make movies no one wants to watch. Um, only a one because I can't give it a zero by Wayne Bauer. Seriously, take $10, pop some popcorn, grab a drink from the fridge, set the $10 on fire, you will be more entertained. One out of ten. Can't guess the target audience. We have gone a long... We have gone all together to please our six-year-old daughter. Okay, this is this is thick. This is hard to get through. Even she couldn't stand it. Not to mention my wife snuck out at the 15th minute and came back uh, just on the last song. I suspect she had been crying in the toilet. 1 out of 10. I no longer have a will to live. That's it. That's the review. I no longer have a will to live. This ruined movies, music, and animals for me. Honestly, the fact that this was made by humans ruined people in general for me. If I see one more advertisement for this godforsaken movie, I fear for my own safety. The worst movie I... Okay. From a huge Cats fan. 1 out of 10. This was an utter disgrace! Warning spoilers. Um, Cats is my absolute favorite musical. I've watched the stage production four times and the 1998 film probably over a hundred times at this point. I love musicals and I'm a huge fan of Tom Hooper's Les Miserables. But this, this was an absolute disgrace. Cats is an opera. There should not be talking. Cats is a ballet, so there should actually be dancing. Casting big names for this show was a horrible mistake when they were unable to sing, dance in a show that is all about singing and dancing. Taylor Swift's cat, Bombarlana, should be pink, not an orange tabby. She was also in like 10 minutes when this cat is one of the main characters. The cat Rebel Wilson plays as a tap dancer. This didn't happen. Old Deuteronomy is a male baritone cat. Literally, the father of all the cats. It says it in the song. 
Dame Judy Dench, although lovely, was the most horrid rendition of the of old Deuteronomy I've ever seen. This is why Mistopheles a coward afraid to do magic. Oh, why was Mistopheles a coward and afraid to do magic? And what even happened to the choreography at the Jelly Ball? The song was like two minutes. This was just the tip of the iceberg. I could go on for days. I know there's a lot of talk about fixing some of the CGI and releasing a new version, but honestly, I don't know what they expect to fix. The CGI was not the worst part. The lack of musical talent was. In other words, the entire movie needs to be remade with real Broadway performers. I can go on about what was wrong with the specific cats and musical numbers, but my review would likely be more than 50 pages. I only recommend that you see this movie to have your own opinion about the horribleness, and then you can go on the nation touring cast, and all will be restored. Oh, you can go see the national touring cast, and all hope will be restored. Um, Just from that review, the fucking movie sounds insane. Now, I saw Cats once, Probably in 1998. I was very little. I saw the the Broadway uh, play. But fucking... I remember none of it. And just hearing this fucking makes me even less sure of what I know about cats. I have no idea. Let's see if we can find a positive review. Um, oh, but first, 2 out of 10... James Corden is the worst. The movie is groundbreaking in all the wrong ways. A bunch of A-list celebs in a C-list movie. This is a monstrosity on the eyes, and James Corden is painful. His typecast in every movie makes me annoyed beyond belief. The choreography was all right. The singing was good, but everything else, oh my God, I'm trying to forget. All right, let's see. I'm going to, I'm digging deep here. So far, two out of 10 is the high water mark we have. Um, there's gotta be at least one sycophant that loved this movie. Still, 2 out of 10 is the highest I've seen. I've never seen so many 1 out of 10. Oh, okay. We have 4 out of 10s. Meowch. This film is literally, literally, uh, nope, nope, we're not doing that. Too many cat puns. 4 out of 10. Uh, okay, here's a 6 out of 10. Um. Oh, oh, we found it. We found an 8 out of 10. Boys, we did it. Am I the only one that likes this film? Question mark by BXGirl-54224 on December 21st. This film is based on the Smash Broadway musical, and I thought it stayed fairly true to that show, as I remember it. So going in knowing that, I enjoyed it. Lots of reviews say there's no plot. Not true. There is a plot, albeit a very simple one. The cats are vying for a chance at a new life being chosen by old Deuteronomy, Judy Dench, at the annual Jealousile Ball. I admit that there are a couple weird moments, like when Judy Dench raises her leg in the air after watching Gus the Theater Cat's performance, played sweetly by Ian McKellen. But I thoroughly enjoyed all the performances, the dancing, the singing, Jennifer Hudson performing uh, memory as Grizabella will make you tear up. I don't care who you are. If you're a fan of the musical, you will probably like this movie. If you know nothing of the musical, you should probably acquaint yourself with it first. Otherwise, none of it will make sense, and you'll think it's just weird. I liked it with three exclamation points. 79 out of 143 people found that helpful. I, I, I'm, I'm shocked we found one that high. Oh, there's, there's a whole lot of 8 out of 10s down here. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I could go on. I could literally go on reading these all day, but I will I will spare you that. Um, and we will talk about some gaming news. So this is kind of looking like it's going to be a short show because we don't have a ton to talk about in uh, the gaming realm, but uh, we'll see how we go. I, I've been known to ramble. Um, so... This week, Valve revealed its best-selling Steam games for 2019 for the digital distribution platform, and uh, they provided alternate categories that include top new releases, top-selling VR games, top early access graduates, and most played that featured thousands of simultaneous players. Um, So, here are the top-selling games of 2019 on Steam. I don't know if these are listed in order 
or these are just the the ones that made the cut. So we have Total War Three Kingdoms, which is honestly a little surprising to me. Uh, RTS uh, games. Uh, I mean, they're popular, but I would have thought that we would have seen a uh, more high-profile release top the list if this is indeed uh, in rank order. Uh, Destiny 2, Elder Scrolls Online, really? People are playing that game? Interesting. Dota 2, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, Monster Hunter World, Grand Theft Auto 5, Rainbow Six Siege, Warframe, Civ 6, Counter-Strike Global Offensive. So, um, not a whole lot of uh, 2019 releases on there, is there? Um, Sekiro Shadows Died Twice won Game of the Year um, on Steam. When 2019's The Game Awards... Oh, at The Game Awards. Secure Shadows Died Twice emerges Game of the Year. Of course, The Game Awards are often filmed with surprises, upsets ranging from announcements to award winners. The 2019 version of the annual show is no exception, especially when looking at the onslaught of Victor's reveals. All right, so what else? What else won shit? Um, is that it? Is that it? Is it just Sekiro wins game of the year? Beats out Death Stranding. Um, do do Terry Bogart and Smash, yeah. Yeah, uh, okay, so there's nothing more of substance to that story. Literally just Sekiro won game of the year at the Game Awards. Um, sure, for, people love From Software games, even if they're oftentimes really not that great and some of the difficulty is artificial because of poor programming but that's you know your prerogative i'm not telling you what what not to like i'm just saying that maybe they're a little bit overrated um but uh i'll i'll die on that hill some other time all right uh final fantasy c7 <laughs> Let me try that again. Final Fantasy VII Remake Demo has been listed on the PlayStation Store, but I, to my knowledge, has not been made available. Uh, the game itself is set to release March 20th of next year on the PlayStation 4. I believe they're breaking it up into, like, episodes, too, uh, because they're not finished with the game, but they got to release it because they teased it, like, two years ago, and they're like, ah, fuck, pressure's mounting, gotta get something out. Um... They're probably not going to... My my speculative... Putting on my speculative hat here. They're probably not going to actually release a demo. Because they are afraid of possible data mining issues in terms of a demo. Because we've seen it before. We see it all the time. Uh, we saw... I think the most egregious example um, that I can remember was the sun and moon demo on the 3ds like they put that out there and within a week data miners had like everything about um sun and moon revealed to everyone and it was kind of uh kind of shitty to be perfectly honest with you i uh not a huge fan of that but yeah march 3rd 2020 for the ps4 will be the first final fantasy 7 release date it is going um, we didn't talk about this last week, but um, Epic Games is having a big old holiday sale with uh, discounts on their library of games. It's not a big library of games, like 220 games, but they do offer discounts and endless $10 off coupons um, for a qualifying purchase of $14 or more. You can redeem a $10 coupon and then get another $10 coupon. Uh, upon completion of the purchase, these coupons will expire the 1st of May of 2020. So uh, even if there's not something out right now you want, you can hold on to that coupon for a big upcoming release if you are so inclined to do so. Um, I think that that's cool. I actually just picked up um, Ghostbusters, the game remastered for a cool five bucks after the coupon. 
Uh, if you still don't have Borderlands 3, that is currently discounted $38. And with the $10 coupon, you can get Borderlands 3 for under 30 bucks. So that's pretty cool. Um, it is uh, a good way to go, I would say, uh, if you still are waiting on picking that up. Um, Mech Warrior 5, which we uh, started on the stream last week, but we kind of throw those out. We had an audio issue. Um, I need to put together a procedure, a pre-flight check for the stream. Um, I'm going to write that up at some point um, and, and do that. But, uh, yeah, there are lots of games on sale, uh, and the $10 off repeatedly is even bigger. There are plenty of games that are like 14 bucks that you can get for like 5 bucks after the coupon. It is really nice. I, I think it's... Um, I think it's a good time to be a PC gamer. Uh, I know Epic gets a lot of hate for people simply for not being Steam, uh, which I find a little ridiculous. I've always been against the Epic hate because in my experience so far, I've had zero issue with the Epic Game Store. Um, is it as full-featured as Steam? No, not particularly, but I think for what it needs to be, it is, and uh, I have no issues with um, how it's going and honestly right now they have better deals than steam does on a lot of games steam definitely has a lot more games so like yeah that that can't be denied but um yeah so um yeah that's that's the the epic games sale steam holiday sale also going on Lots of discounts as per usual. Um, ooh, I might pick up Force Unleashed 2. I never played that. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't be uh, looking at this stuff while I'm recording the podcast because I'm going to get distracted. It's going to slow me down. All right. Um, this is an example of bad journal journalism. Um, PS5 is the easiest console to work with yet, says developer. Um, but it's actually an interview with PlayStation's uh, Shue Yoshida, which um, is hardly an unbiased source. <laughs> so fucking like, of course, PlayStation employee says PlayStation Five is easiest console to develop for. Oh, this is an interesting one. Uh, report claims the PS Five won't have any major exclusives at launch. This is a mistake. Uh, the launch library is always key to the. Uh, success of a console, I think. PS4 had a... Actually, it had a pretty poor launch library also, now that I'm thinking about it, but uh, Xbox also had a pretty poor... This this generation had a very poor launch lineup. Uh, the Switch's launch lineup was like two games. Fucking... I mean, one of them was Breath of the Wild, of course, but still, like, two fucking games. What if you don't like Zelda? Um... Yeah, so I think that's a mistake. Uh, Nintendo, speaking of the Switch, Nintendo may start using 64 gigabyte Switch game cart soon. For nearly as long as the Nintendo Switch has been available, storage space has been a noticeable issue. More than consoles middling internal storage limits, its game carts have struggled to fit many larger games, often leading to published release physical versions of the game that only come with a download code. It's been a constant annoyance for many gamers, and it's for this reason that many have been regarding a new report to the tech world, which may be a solution. Uh, currently, Switch cartridges are 32 gigabytes, but there's word that Nintendo is planning to introduce 64 gigabyte cartridges, which would allow pretty much every modern game, because I think a dual-layer Blu-ray Blu uh, can hold 60 gigs of data, so... It would be it would allow them to put games of the same size as the competing consoles onto the Switch without really much difficulty at all. So that'd be neat. Lastly, a news item I never thought I'd talk about because I had no idea this game existed, but apparently there's a new Yu-Gi-Oh game out, Legacy of the Duelist Link Evolution, which I'm sure is just Legacy of the Duelist with Link summons and all that nonsense in it um it launched apparently it's been out on the switch this year received well received well and now apparently it's going to be available at some point in 2020 on the new platforms so 
when that exactly comes out, don't know. But apparently there'll be a new Legacy of the Duelist game coming out on PC, PS4, and Xbox One, currently available on the Nintendo Switch. And um, that is the last article I have for gaming news. Now, I suppose I should do some review. Uh, so I have, like, something to title this episode. Um, I watched, through means out of my control, the Scooby-Doo Supernatural crossover episode. And um, I know almost nothing about the show Supernatural other than it it's something that teenage girls are super into. And that it's been on television for far too long. I, this episode was season 13, which is already more seasons than any television show has any reason to ever fucking have. Like, I don't think a... Personally, I don't think a TV show, no matter how intriguing the concept, has enough legs to stand for 10 seasons. Um, More than 10 seasons. I think you can get... If you can get the 10 seasons, that's it. Pat yourself on the back for a job well done. Wrap it up with a bow and move on with your lives. Um, TV shows often overstay their welcome. Like the only show that like would have surged into a tenth season instead of limp into a tenth season would have been like Seinfeld, because they were still the number one show on America and they still had you know legs for it. I think they could have done a tenth season, but I think even even Seinfeld, if they had gone back for a tenth season, I don't think an eleventh season would have been a good idea. I don't because the law and uh, another thing is the longer the show goes on, the like harder it is to wrap it up, the harder it is to end it, uh, which obviously is no bueno. Um, So anyway, I don't know anything about Supernatural. Um, They the show opened with them fighting a stuffed animal dinosaur uh, and setting it on fire. I guess it was possessed by something. but me knowing nothing about this show was like, wow, is this like the level of special effects they have for this? <laughs> um, but anyway, they get sucked into the TV in a Scooby-Doo mystery. And um, it's one of the main characters, Dean, um, has seen this episode of Scooby-Doo a bunch. And they... Uh, they go throughout it, but it takes a dark turn when there's an actual real ghost in there, and it actually pretty graphically uh, kills some of the characters in the cartoon, and then the Scooby gang starts to like lose their grip on themselves because it's like, oh, it's a real ghost, and their Shaggy broke his arm, and everyone now is questioning what the hell's going on and whether or not their entire worldview is, is null. And, like, I mean, that's somewhat interesting i suppose but at the end of the day it was just a horrid writing number one number two like the scooby gang deserves better than this there was a lot of like more adult themed jokes in there and like they're not even particularly good ones i think it's this is a perfect example of what happens when a a show is running low on steam and to drum up interest, they do something wild, a crossover with one of the other Warner Brothers properties. In this case, it was Scooby-Doo. And uh, other than the fact that they investigate things, there is really not a big fit between Scooby-Doo and this. Honestly, I th- for what I've seen, at least in sheer entertainment value, Scooby-Doo WrestleMania Mysteries would have been a far better... Uh, way to spend however much time this this i mean this episode was only like what 22 minutes long it's the standard half hour episode sort of delia bob and it, it just it still felt far too long um and uh one of the characters starts wearing an ascot and they tried to do the scooby-doo outro and it was awkward and fucking like who would laugh at this let me know. Please tell me who would laugh. I, I can't think of who would. I mean, I guess people who are into Supernatural would also be into this. But if you are into Supernatural, what are you doing with your life? 
that sounds really mean but seriously though what are you doing with your life like for real i don't know i don't like if you're someone who has followed it for like the whole 15 years like you were into it when it started and you're still watching it like i don't know how many seasons it's it's been on for let's let's fucking take it take a take a look at it supernatural season 15 at least um it's actually really well reviewed for whatever reason but i hopefully that's just for like the 15 seasons 315 episodes that is that is too much like no se- 15th and final season so thank god it's fucking over um but for real that is just crazy so this this show debuted in 2005 that's nuts for it to still be on the air. Uh, I, I, geez. Yeah, I don't know. 315 episodes. I think that's too much. I think that's too much. Um, yeah, all right. So that was Scooby Natural. Not much of a review, but it wasn't much of a show. So I th- let's say we're even. Um, that's going to wrap it up. For episode 191 of the Sound Studs podcast, the full crew will be back next week. It will be our annual anniversary show. We'll look back at the year that was in Saturn Studs and media, and uh, we'll have our year-end awards, and we'll have some all-decade awards, it being the final show of the decade. Um, we've been around for roughly half the decade, so I think we can uh, talk about some decade stuff, and you know, it's going to be a while before we can do a, an end-of-a-decade episode again. So we're gonna we're gonna ha- I'm going to at least have some all decade awards. I'll spring that on the uh, on the guys later today. Tell them to start thinking about that. So we'll have um, some some all decade awards. But maybe we'll, I'll I'll try to do one for all of our regular year end award categories. Just do it for you know all decade. Um, but uh, if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a good review. If you are listening on a platform that um allows reviews and of course subscribe to us if you don't wish to miss another episode which why would you want to miss another episode we're a great show um even when it's just a third of our comedy power here with me um it's still a great show always a good show never a bad show it's only ever a, a decent show that's the worst it's ever been is decent so it's definitely worth a subscribe, so please give us a, a subscribe and a review. Uh, this podcast is available on every podcast platform you could possibly hope to enjoy, that being Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn. We're on Spotify. We're on the Spoofy. Um, podcast Addict on Android is my favorite way to listen to the show, as well as other podcasts. Um I'm sure Apple has uh, some other third-party apps. We are pretty much searchable in any third-party app. Our RSS feed is uh, widely available. I think the only platform that we could be on that we aren't on is Pandora, and I'm working on that. Um, It is a little bit harder to get on Pandora because they don't have a huge podcast-like sphere. They really are a little more selective with which ones they want on there but um i it's not a huge market so it's not like a a top priority for me but we are working on getting on pandora so if you are a pandora podcast listener how you're listening to this i do not know since we're not on pandora but if you've discovered us through other means uh hopefully we'll be on pandora in 2020 but um no guarantees on that um, SaturnStuds.com is a place to go for all our other media pursuits. We do a lot of other stuff. We have a YouTube channel, two YouTube channels actually. Uh, the Saturn Studs YouTube channel is where we put uh, replays of our live streams. They're usually right now. They've recently we've been cutting them into uh, parts, but I'm not sure how much longer we're going to do that because it has. Um, hasn't really led to an uptick in viewership and it's a lot more work so we might still part them out but there'll probably be larger parts like um 45 to 60 minute parts i think um at least 30 because we do 90 minute 
increments usually on our live stream. So I think 30 minute new minimum length is going to be what we do moving forward for that. We were doing like 15 to 20, but uh, I feel like mm, I feel like 30 is probably for this level of content probably fine. I you know it's it just it's less work uh, for us. But anyway, that channel. Uh, link to that on SaturnStuds.com. Saturn Slam Reviews, uh, mine and Peter's wrestling show, where we review AEW Dynamite and NXT every week, um, mostly, mostly every week, um, is also up there. We have yet to film for uh, the Christmas episode of NXT, but uh, we'll we'll get that up as soon as we can. Um, also, our live streams. I've mentioned our live streams when we talked about YouTube. We stream simultaneously on Twitch and Mixer. Both uh, platforms are slash Siren Studs. Links to that. Also available on the website, SirenStuds.com, uh, as well as the archives. Um, most podcast apps only store the last 25 episodes, but we've, as you heard at the beginning of the show, this is episode 191, so if you have a lot of time on your hands or just want to go back to see if we've done a, a specific uh, review that you're interested in, uh, the archive is a place to go for that. Also available on SavageStuds.com, as well as bios, so you can get to know us a little better. Put a face to the voice, etc., etc., it's a pretty slick website, if I do say my, so myself, and it has all the links you need, including our social media. Please follow us on Twitter at StudsSaturn, and Facebook.com backslash Saturn Studs is another uh, social media outlet that we use. We don't use Facebook as much as we do Twitter, um, but that is certainly a way to reach out to us. Uh, you can always email us if you're more of an email person, SaturnStuds at gmail.com is a good place to contact us uh, right into the show. Uh, suggestions for stuff to talk about. We do do other things. We do uh, movie reviews as well as um, like longer form discussions. We've done a couple episodes on whether or not esports should be considered sports. And uh, we've done top fives and top tens, etc. Sort of, I think we settle on seven is the number that we do now because there's three of us. Um, but... Uh, all that and more. Saturn Studs Podcast. SaturnStuds.com. Place to go. Check it all out. All right. That's going to be it for me. So until next time, be well. Stay safe. Party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye.